0: Uh, This morning... Uh, we're going to be moving on from our series. We had been going in the series called Wonder, uh, which was our Christmas series, taking a look at the wonder of God, uh, his plan, his design, the the way that he's brought all things together, uh, both in creation, but also the plan for salvation leading up to Jesus, God himself walking on this earth uh, in order to offer up his life and his blood uh, as a sacrifice to pay for our sins so that we can be reconciled with him, that it's the only path of salvation Uh, but then also in that last week we took it look at the the wonder of God's plan for the church uh, for us being here together that that was part of his design that in Ephesians 3 it's in God's manifold wisdom that the church would reveal him uh, to the nations to the world to the heavens And, and just that concept. i I think it's hard to grasp sometimes it's certainly hard to prepare a message for Uh, i mean we're going to be going into acts chapter two today so if you have your bibles and you want to head there a a little bit um but it's hard to grasp Uh, just this whole idea that, that we sit here today, we, we gather here today because Jesus died for it. It's, it's not just some club where we have a common interest or a similar passion. Oh, I like old cars, so like let's gather on the second Saturday uh, of every month and put old cars together and we can kind of be like, oh, cool. Is that a Hemi? Hemi's an engine, right? Okay, thank you. Right? So, but that's not us. At least it shouldn't be us. I mean, just the supernatural existence of this church, and and when I say this church, I don't necessarily mean just, just here in Rock County, but throughout the ages, the last... 2000 years there there's been dark times as we look into what's called the dark ages where people were killed for trying to translate the bible so that people can read it but but through all of that god's spirit has has persevered has preserved both his word and the church in order to be his body here on earth and if you're here today redeemed by the blood of christ you are part of that and if you're here today not redeemed by the blood of christ then right now your destination is hell for all of eternity but the free gift of grace through jesus christ's death beckons you and invites you to join us and we pray that you do but this concept of, of being the church has to be so much more than just setting our alarm early on a Sunday morning and, and getting up and, and dressing and like, what did I dress in last week? Is anybody going to remember? And, and just showing up for an hour, for an hour and a half and then leaving and being like, that was nice. It's more than just uh, devotional every day. It's more than just podcasts or YouTube where we take in information and and kind of consume, but it's something that we're called to be. Corinthians calls us God's ambassadors. We're called jars of clay in which the great treasure of the gospel we're entrusted with in order to share others. It it shows that the strength isn't ours, but it's a gift that God has given to us. When we sit here this morning, the whole concept of taking communion is is a declaration of Christ's death until He returns, but it's also an acknowledgement of our participation in something that's so much greater than us as individuals. In the church universal over the last 2,000 years, That as we partake of communion this morning, we are declaring that we are unified with a peasant who lived 1,600 years ago and believed in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a declaration of we are part of God's plan. His design for all of eternity. We exist here in 2020 even with all of the difficulties that we've been through we exist here for a purpose as carriers of the light of the gospel that years behind us as far as dates go but the events are part of what god has used to shape us to refine us and to prepare us for whatever may come next This next year in 2021, we don't know what it holds. And if 2020 has taught us anything, we can't expect it to be normal. Because when we have these expectations and assumptions, we saw how much that changed. And so if anything, it's taught us just to faithfully abide moment by moment in our Savior. And to trust Him, whatever may come. This existence of the church is something that is supernatural and glorious. In Ephesians, we're called as the church, as the bride of Christ. That is what marriage represents a husband and a wife. I, I love doing weddings for that purpose. You have the husband up here, and he's all nervous and and shaking. And and some of you I've stood next to, right? And I saw those tears come out of the corner of your eyes. But, But just kind of that breathlessness, that sense of anticipation before seeing your bride come through those doors, that's a picture of what Jesus is doing for us. And then that sense in Ephesians of the bride being the church, that he's washed white in his blood through his sacrifice and has prepared and adorned us to be with him for all of eternity. It's a picture of Jesus and the church. the beauty of a bride on her wedding day is meant to be a picture of the church. The joy of a husband who stands here on this stage and first glimpses his bride coming through is a picture of Jesus and his joy over you as the church. i don't think we live that way i i, I just don't I, I i don't think i live that way as much as i ought to I, I think it's something that we kind of get into this routine of 52 sundays a year and then like let's throw in a few other gatherings here and there for christmas eve or ten bray or good friday uh, some potlucks maybe throughout the summer and we enjoy it we enjoy each other's company but we can't treat it like a club. We we can't just treat it as this common interest that we share with one another that that we can just kind of hang out and be Christians together. Because it's so much more than that. Jesus died for it to be so much more than that. And I think sometimes we almost treat it as Uh, spectators and sometimes participators as hobbyists we have our life the jobs our families uh, the priorities and church is in there somewhere and and for every one of us it's usually on a varying scale like sometimes, you know, as the Spirit works on us, we're, we're just there and we are invested in church for a season uh, and then sometimes distractions comes up, worries and cares and concerns and other things of the world or, or family or job, uh, and we tend to lose our focus. And church becomes something that, that just kind of pushes off to the side. Or we, we look at other churches... Ones that, that have not reflected Jesus well. And we said we don't want to be a part of that. I, I don't want to be a part of religion. I want to be part of relationship. But that aspect of relationship is what the churches ought to be anyways. We talked about this last week, uh, about how the church is made up of imperfect people. And so then, uh, at times, we're going to bump up against each other. And it's the grace and mercy of Christ that calls us to, to work through that as He unifies us. It's the supernatural glory of the church is that for your brothers and sisters in Christ, whether they're in this room or in Africa right now, you have a deeper and greater connection with them through the blood of Christ than you do with your own blood family. Your own mother or father, your own brother or sister, your own son or daughter. And it's a blessing. It is a great blessing when those that we are blood-related to through DNA also belong to the family of Christ. Uh, That's an awesome situation. But the truth is that we have a greater and deeper connection to our brothers and sisters in Christ than we do with our non-believing family members. That's a hard thing to acknowledge. Because we want to be family. We want to care for family. And we should. But there's a greater sense of oneness and unity. Jesus, on the night that He was betrayed, in, in, in John chapter 17, He's praying for the church. And one of the greatest aspects of His prayer, He says, may they be one. May the church be one. May you be one. Be one as the Father and Jesus are one. We don't often see that in church. We don't often see that played out consistently and and dedicated in life. And we certainly don't see it when we look at, at the world of church around us uh, and especially in this last year, uh, there's been so many divisions and cracks revealed through so much conflict. That's not what church is supposed to be. And I guess that's my heart in, in wanting to come together and have the prayer nights that we have coming up. My, my heart is to be, Jesus, you died. You bled out onto the dusty ground in Jerusalem for the church you said it was better for you to leave so that the helper the holy spirit would come to to guide us into being the church the body of christ called to be ambassadors and warriors in the kingdom carrying the light of the gospel to those in darkness and the hope of freedom for those in sin that's what we're called to do and so my, my heart is is okay we've we've done church And and as I look back on the last six years that, that we've been here in Janesville, there are things that I cherish in the way that we've been the church and cared for one another. And then there's things that I see that I did or we did pragmatically. Like this is what works. This is what a church should do. So let's do it. And so I want to come in these prayer nights and just say to God, You bought us. What do you want us to be? Guide us and lead us. Help us to, to be unified. Help us to be the light in the world. Help us to be active participants in what it means to to be the church and and not just spectators. And I think that's a great temptation, just to be spectators. I mean, our society, that sounded really nasty, but honestly, it was just like, see, there's no snot coming out, it just sounds like it. All right? So. All right. <laughs> we love to be spectators. We we we'd much rather see somebody else have snot on their face than ourselves. <laughs> but but it happens in, in so many different ways. I I remember we were living in an apartment uh, above Main Street, uh, kind of where we used to meet uh, in Voigt. And, and our front window looked into out over Courthouse Street that would go up the hill, like along the courthouse. Uh, And there would be days and and nights in the middle of winter uh, where we would sit there riveted at the window with hot chocolate trying to watch cars go up the street. Like, and it was horrifying sometimes. You know, you could just tell, like, oh, that's a rear-wheel drive truck, no chance. You know, and then there would be others that would try and get momentum. uh, And then they would turn sideways and go down the street sideways. And we're just kind of like but we couldn't stop watching. <laughs> uh, we like to watch things. There's, there's things that we would rather only watch, uh, whether it be a television show or a car going backwards down the street. There's a, a television show called Alone. Uh, and in the show Alone, they take a person and they put them out into the middle of nowhere all by themselves uh, with a knife, a pot, and the clothing on their back and, and something to start fire with. I I really like this show it's really interesting and some of those guys are out there for like 50 to 60 days and and living off the land I enjoy watching that I don't ever want to do that there's times where uh, we enjoy sports you know whether it's football or baseball or basketball and and we like to watch we enjoy watching other people who are professionals do what they're good at. And, and then maybe sometimes we like to get out and play, like a little recreational basketball, a little recreational football, where, uh, you know, if you put me into the, the middle of a game um, against any NFL defense and you give me the ball, I'm taking a knee right then and there. Like, don't tackle me, I'm down. Because I don't, I don't want to participate in that because it feels way above my level. But I think that happens to us when it comes to church sometimes. Is that we look and we say, I'm not that good. I, I'm not that great at being a Christian. I, I'm not that good at praying. Uh, and so I'll let the prayer team do the prayer. I'll watch them and, and maybe I'll jump in every once in a while. The worship. I'm not that good at singing. And, and so I'll just kind of stand there and, and watch and maybe engage once in a while if I like the song or it's the right hymn instead of something new and modern. And so we become spectators because we feel that we... Don't have what it takes to be a professional. We struggle with sin and temptation. And I stand here before you saying, I struggle with sin and temptation. There are no professionals. At least there shouldn't be any professionals. And there are certainly those who have given church a bad name because they acted like professionals. And I don't want to be at church where we have any professionals i want to be the church that christ died for that he bled for that that we're just a family that he brought together by his blood that we just go through this together and, and we're called to different things you may not be called to get up on stage It'll just give you some relief there if you don't like public speaking it may not be your position to ever get up here some of you may Because God has called you and equipped you to teach. I want to be a church that does that. But I don't want to be a church of spectators that just sits there and says, I'm not good at X. And so I'd rather just kind of stand back. It's a lesson that I've kind of learned this year. Um, As some of you know, I I set a goal to run uh, a half marathon uh, on April 10th. Uh, How many weeks, Josh, until that comes? Do you know? Fifteen weeks to get this in all 270 pounds of its glory, not gloriousness, to get ready to carry 271 pounds for 13.1 miles in hopefully under 3 hours and 15 minutes because that's when they close the course. That's my goal just so they don't have to, like, sweep me off so the cars can go through it. But it's a lesson I've learned that I, I sat there and I would sit there and, and watch other people run and this sense of, like, that's not me. I can't, I can't do that. If you ever see me running outside, it's, it's just kind of like a plod. I, I call it a controlled fall. Like if I lean forward enough, my feet have to move fast enough just so I don't face plant. Uh, And if I can do that consistently for a while, you know, I can run a mile that way by trying to fall forward. But for the longest time, I didn't want to run because I felt like I couldn't run. And I realized through all of this, the definition of, of running isn't in the best form or how many miles per minute you can go or or not go but but rather it's just in doing it and, and that through doing it you you actually become that and and so while it felt foreign for me to say this three months ago i'm a runner because i run may not be far may not be fast but i run I just do it and as i do it my body is changing and and it's getting a little bit easier it still hurts my foot went numb yesterday in a run but it's changing it takes longer for it to go numb the point is it's the same for us in the church again there is no sense of waiting until we have arrived at some standard of christianity where we feel that now we can engage and be the church you are the church not because you are putting forward any effort but because jesus died for you to be part of the church If you are redeemed by the blood of Christ, you are the church. You are His ambassador. You are the jar of clay that carries the treasure of the highest value. It's who you are because He has now made you to be that. And so it's not this sense of, oh, let me hold back. Let me wait until I feel like I've arrived Because if I did that with running, I'd still be on my couch. The the couch to 5K part would just be couch. We can't afford to be that in our Christian walk. There's too much at stake. It's not just our lives, but it's us being the light. It's what we're called to do. And so we can't afford just to stay there. And so all we're called to do is, as we are, just engage. Just be. Just pursue. If, if you don't know that much about the Bible, that's fine. Just start reading. Asking questions. Study. Go to groups. Encourage one another. There was a point, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, uh, and so for the first 23 years of my life uh, i learned a bible that was falsely translated to to where it would put jesus as being the first created angel it erased the existence uh, of eternal punishment in hell and it took away the power of the holy spirit and being the helper that we have today and when I came to a realization of that, it felt like I was back at ground zero. Even after 23 years of, of studying the incorrect Bible, it was back at ground zero and saying, God, I just need you to teach me. And, and at that point, when I was 23, having just left the witnesses, uh, there was no way anybody was going to say, uh, here, Josh, why don't you take a Bible, get up in front of a stage and, and teach. It was step by step in just reading and studying and asking. And not only that, then it was calling and God empowering and equipping and and all of that coming together to, to the point where I stand before you here on Sundays just humbly trying to say, this is what God says, let's do it together. It's the same thing in your prayer life. It's the same thing with evangelism. We all start off at a point where we're, I'm not comfortable. I'm not the best at that. And then we're faced with a temptation. Let me step back and observe other people do it. Or let me just put on some running shoes and go outside and have a control fall forward as far as I can. And let me just do it again and again and again until we get better. If you want to be a better prayer, joy join the prayer team on sundays you don't even have to pray out loud right away just go and listen and as the lord leads have short prayers just engage in it be consistent to it be be devoted to it and god will make it grow as you're faithful to pursue it it's the same in anything that he's called us to be and and we'll get into our passage here in acts chapter 2 At the beginning of the church because i think this holds the key to this pursuit acts chapter 2 uh, in verse 41 Um, i'm actually going to turn to it here in the scriptures Uh, this is after uh, peter had kind of preached after the day of pentecost uh, in verse 41 it says those received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls uh, to the church uh, so a bit of a revival happening here verse 42 they devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Uh, Right here is just the beginning of the church. It, It doesn't say, like, all right, they had all the bells and whistles, and they had the professional ministers, and they just, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to scripture, To fellowship to to being together with one another Uh, the Greek word for fellowship here is koinonia and and it's more than just hanging out it is a deep friendship and connection with one another where you go through life together and you're not isolated in your your little family groups struggling through that various aspects of life but you are connected together in order to help one another through these things. To the breaking of bread, which means communion like we did this morning, but it also means just having a meal together and to prayer. This word devoted, they were devoted to these things. In the Greek uh, is proskaterero. It's Strong's number 43, 42. Uh, and it means devoted to and constantly diligent. It doesn't mean excellent at. It doesn't say they were professionals. They were excellent at the teaching and excellent at fellowship and the excellent at prayer. And, and yet, some reason, that's the standard that we set for ourselves. I, I want to be excellent at this so that I can... Not be ashamed that other people know more than I do or pray better, or I think they pray better, or they sound better, they sing better that 's not what this is saying it doesn 't say they were excellent at these things. it says they were devoted to them. The one thing i 've learned this year in a pursuit of trying to do this half crazy marathon thing is, is it really just takes devotion. when I started off two months ago it was hard for me to just finish a mile i would get done with running a mile and i was like i want to be done but through consistency um on christmas day i ran the farthest i've ever run which was like 4.3 miles took me an hour to do it but i did 4.3 miles which is cool but it's minor in comparison to what god's calling us to do as the church And what he's saying here is that all it takes is to be devoted to, to be diligent, to persist and endure in reading the Word and studying the Word. To be consistent and diligent in fellowship with one another. To be the family that he has bought with his blood. To be consistent and diligent in having meals together, communion together, and praying with one another. If we just do those things, I think we'll be astounded at where God takes us. Not that we're experts at it, but we want to be devoted to it. That it is the, the central point of our life. That it's not just something that we have in common every once in a while. This little club that we go to. But it is our life. And it's our life because Jesus gave it to us. He bought it with His blood. He made us to be a new creation. He didn't give us the church just to be a, a facet of our life. But rather it is who We are. And if we continue to approach it as spectators, um, God will use that. He will work through that. He will will help you with your struggles. He will help you with your temptations. But to the extent that it's only part of your life, um, it's not a holistic aspect. You'll find some success you find some help and then you lean on your own strength some and you'll find yourself in danger and then you go back and you lean on him and it gets easier then you go back to your own strength and it gets hard it's a sense of diligent and being consistent in living in this way that he's called us to, being devoted to the teaching, being devoted to prayer, being devoted to acknowledging the death of Christ until he returns through communion with one another, being devoted to fellowship and encouraging one another as the day draws near. Uh, I tell you with this running thing, if it wasn't for this this running group, we've got the, some kind of a running group that is miraculously come together over this last couple of months and there's like 12, 15 people just within this group here that are part of that. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would even be or have the encouragement to continue running. It's the same thing in our pursuit of being Christians. We need to encourage one another. And to encourage one another to to be the the glorious Christ-reflecting aspect of Christian when in our society, in our world, Christian has so many different connotations. Evangelical has so many different connotations. And and we have to kind of defer and default and, and say, well, I'm not like that Christian because this is what I believe. To the point where we would rather sometimes not say, Yeah, I'm a Christian. Instead, we say, I have a relationship with Jesus. But there's a glorious and holy aspect of being a follower of Christ, of being Christian, bought by the blood of Jesus in what we are called to be. And it is entirely and wholly powered by the Holy Spirit and not our own efforts. But all we're called, all we're asked to do, is to be diligent, to persevere, to be devoted, to participate in what the Holy Spirit is doing within us. Part of this passage, uh, as it teaches here in uh, verses 46, Acts two forty-six, uh, it says, Every day they were devoted themselves to meeting together uh, in the temple, broke bread from house to house, So again, not only did they gather at temple or at a church location, but from house to house, they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. Uh, The word here for sincere also means simplicity. Simplicity. There is no great or unrealistic expectations from one another. No no sense or judgment of you're not praying right. You're not praying professionally like a professional would. You're not hosting like a good host should. Like Etsy says we should. Is it Etsy or Pinterest? Pinterest, thank you. You know, like if you want to be a good host, here's 10 things Pinterest says. It's about simplicity. It's about simply acknowledging this is what Jesus has died for. Let's just do it. Let's just read His Word together and encourage each other in it. Let's pray together and ask for His guidance. Let's pray together and, and trust that He will do wonders in signs, as it says in verse 43, because they were devoted to prayer. Let's just have fellowship together because he died for us to have fellowship together let's throw off uh, the stigma that our society has put on what church should look like and get back to what the word says church should be christ died for us to gather And as the church in Acts in chapter 2 did this, let's read it again, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and signs were being done and performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and had all things in common. uh, To the point in verse 45, they sold their possessions and property and distributed proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. All of this stemmed just from their devotion to let's be what God died for us to be. And in this, I don't even think we're called to have this as a prescription for us where, all right, let's go sell everything we have and like turn our church into a socialist little pod. It's not saying that. What it's calling out is uh, you are closer together as brothers and sisters in Christ than you are with your own blood family. And so things that you would do for your own blood family, you should also do for your brothers and sisters in Christ. What would a a church like this look like? The church has looked different throughout the last 2,000 years. And 2020 looked different than it did in 2019. And my greatest desire is just to be together with you in seeking God what he has for us to be next. Next. And so I I hope you come to some of these prayer nights. I would encourage and ask you to be praying at home. I would encourage you to pray even about who to gather with. COVID! Be safe if you need to be safe. Be wise if you need to be wise. But we're called by God to gather. Pray with one another. If you feel like God's giving you a sense or direction, share it with another person pray share it with us we want to know we want to see where god is going and i just want to be that church that is devoted to scripture to gathering to praying and just to be what we were bought to be let's pray god we come before you this morning and we ask for your guidance we ask for your direction Your ways are higher than our ways. Your wisdom is greater than our wisdom. Your plan and purpose for us in being the church in 2021 and beyond is greater than anything that we could envision or to try and come up with ourselves or to fall to any sense of pragmatism of, oh, this is what a church should do. We ask for you to guide us. We pray that by the strength of your Holy Spirit that we would simply be devoted to engaging and pursuing you. And that we wouldn't turn or allow ourselves to be simply spectators of what you're doing, but just to participate as we are. And your great promise is that you will complete the work that you have begun in us. And so let us just step forward in faith. If we're uncomfortable praying in front of other people, let's just step forward in faith in the smallest prayer and trust that you'll use it. Because you say you will. Father, let us be devoted to finding out and living out the great gift that you have given to us in being the church.